The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host or guest and should not be interpreted as statement of fact. Independent fact, fact checking and corrections are encouraged. Can we get a cup of coffee in here, please? You've got a dog that needs walking. That's right, sunshine. Just put on a big pot of strong coffee and get ready to type your little hate mail with your opinions about kumbaya and flat earth insanity. Stand-up comedy? You want stand-up comedy? Well, we got, well, we've got sit-down comedy. It's time for Coffee with the Dog. You make me laugh. <laughs> oh, I caught myself at a moment of laughing. I don't know how that happened. Just disregard it. Oh, there's not enough coffee in the world. There isn't. We need more coffee. Uh, I just... My, my connection is unstable, just like I am. I'm an unstable guy. Uh, good morning, folks, uh, I guess. Wake up, hey. America. Stop. I said, stop. Oh, my God. Who's going crazy with the technical? Cr- you know what? It's the buttons. Ah, oh, Jesus. That's my best Italian. Good morning, folks. It's Wednesday, July 26th, uh, 2023. I forgot what year it was. I'm not doing well today. I was going to call in sick. I I did call in sick, but I didn't believe myself because I know I lie about such things. So I didn't let myself get away with that. I made myself come to work. This is my work. (laughs) Such as it is. Even though I have no guests, book for today and i'm tired of just talking to myself about nonsense yesterday i ranted an hour and 15 minutes waiting for a guest and you know most of that rant was just me talking to kill time and it sucks it really sucks and i have no guests today this has been a shitty uh week we've had one good guest yesterday john Deutsch was a good guest it was uh but it was in the second hour, so I had an hour of crap to kill. Monday was just me just babbling, and then we had a uh, power out, a cable outage, a, whatever it was, internet outage here. And today, I just don't feel like carrying on. I feel like a day off, but I'm incapable of taking a day off. I wouldn't let myself call in sick. Um, so I'm, I'm here. I don't know why I'm here. There's big news in the world. (laughs) 
I say that because, and I laugh at it because nothing is big news. Every day there's big news, and every day it's nothing. Nothing ever changes. We still get up to the same whacked-out planet. Um, this morning I got up, and not that long ago, which is why I'm just like, I'm going to use the word retarded here today. I am retarded here today, which means slowed down. If you look it up, retarded means slowed down. That's what I am. I'm slowing down even though I'm talking fast. <laughs> it's If you're wondering if I'm on gummies, the answer is no. Not yet. Possibly. Soon. I don't know. I Maybe I get high too much. Maybe that's my problem. Although I haven't been doing the gummies at all and since the last time I played with the full band, which is, when was that? About a week ago. <laughs> Not that long ago. Looking forward to the gigs this weekend, even though we have sub-drummers on both of them. Uh, the interesting one is going to be Saturday night. Saturday night, we're playing a private party. We've played before, and these people have a really nice people. Uh, piece of property, a really nice yard, pool, you know, the whole back, back to yeah, back to paradise, backyard paradise, uh, bar, tiki bar, all that kind of stuff, but no room for the band. So the band plays separate from the people at the party. We play up on this staircase to their back door, which is up like two flights, separate people are on two flights below us. It's weird. You, you like, you know, and if there's any dancing going on or any, you know, interaction, singing along and all that kind of stuff, you don't feel it. You're not on the same floor with them. And the setup is different. And the sound is just weird. We're set up on a veranda outside their back porch, which is two floors up. It's not a fun setup. You're carrying stuff up through the backyard and then upstairs and all that stuff. Um, last year or two years ago or five years ago, last time we played there, it was, I think it was probably before COVID. I guess it was. Who the fuck knows? Me and my Swiss cheese memory. Uh, towards the end of the night, we brought the stuff down and played around the fire pit, but it was just me playing acoustic guitar at that point. We left the band up on, <laughs> up on the veranda. Anyway, looking forward to gigging with the full band two nights this week. Haven't done that two nights uh, with the band, full band, in about a month, really. I've been playing a lot of acoustic shows, me and Mikey and that kind of stuff. And Just looking through, first of all, yesterday on Twitter, uh, you know, I'm a nobody on Twitter, on X, but I'm going to call it Twitter. I'm going to continue to call it Twitter. Um uh, I'm a nobody. I, you know, people don't interact with with anything. I, it's unusual for me to get a whole a lot of interactions. This morning I got up and I had 490 uh, notifications from me calling Tim Pool a virgin. Now, uh, to to be fair, to be clear about what it was, uh, let me see. Uh, majority report, which is Sam Cedar. I I don't know who put this up. But Sam Cedar is not a friend of. Tim Pool, but it's a photograph of Tim Pool, and it says four million subscribers. 
1 billion views, two songs on Apple's top 10 list. Now, if you've heard his songs, you say, what list is this? This is like Apple's top 10 shitty songs? Is that the list? Anyway, uh, I replied, and still a virgin. He's 30, he's a millionaire, multi-millionaire, 30, mid-30s, 30, 36 years old, I think, and still a virgin. Uh, and if you, you know Tim Pool, you know why. He's got absolutely the worst personality. He used to be a big, fat chub. He's lost the weight, but he's one of these idiots who still wears a knit wool hat in the summertime when it's 110 degrees out all, all the time to hide his bald head, to hide the fact that he's bald, as if people can't tell what's under that stink cap. And I promise you, he wears that thing everywhere and, and and everywhere he goes and he wears it all the time i promise you if you take that thing off his head it's gonna stink like swamp beast ass <laughs> the swamp ape ass that's what it's gonna that's what it's gonna smell like underneath that fucking do-rag or whatever it's not a do-rag it's a fucking ski cap um but he's got absolutely no personality and no you know it he wants, he's one of these people who desperately wants to be smart or appear smart. And he's just not. He got lucky by having a website that was in the, he built a website and then sold it. I know a couple of people like that. One of, somebody I know, and I can't, <laughs> I don't want to be insulting to friends. But this guy was not a, um, he was not a, an academic by any means. And he was not uh, a, a honor student by any means. He was a, he was in the slow track in high school. Uh, he ended up getting a website and being part of a website, which he didn't build. And Tim Pool didn't build the dopey website that he sold. I'm not even going to give it. Uh, any publicity here. He didn't build it. He got lucky to be part in buying it, partners with people, and it became popular, and he sold it. My friend, in 1997, I want to say, when things were blowing up, the tech bubbles and people were investing in stuff, had a website that somebody with lots of money found valuable and bought it from the partners they paid 280 million dollars for this website 280 million dollars to buy a, a website which really technologically was nothing brilliant it was something anybody could have put together so he became a multi-millionaire quickly in the 90s and banked that money and then you know it was set for life really tim pool is pretty much the same way he became a multi-millionaire in very much the same fashion, a website that wasn't anything to write home about. Somebody with deep pockets said, thought it might be worth paying hundreds of millions of dollars for, for a fucking website. <laughs> anyway, good for him. He got rich, but it's just going to prove you. Money can't buy a personality, and it certainly can't buy your pussy. I mean, you could if you really want, like, I don't know, hookers, uh, cheap, bug-ridden pussy. 
you can get plenty of that. <laughs> Listen to me. I'm, see, you, you know I didn't wake up that that long ago be, if I'm just talking about bug-ridden pussy. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what's, what's getting into my dopey head. I'm talking about bug-ridden pussy. Anyway, so I got like tons of uh, attention because of what I called. I pointed out the fact that with all that, he's still a virgin. I am curious. What, you know, does anybody use Apple Music anymore? Uh, iTunes. That's Apple Music. I think everybody's on Spotify. I see these lists because I know Jason Aldean's um, blah, blah, blah. What we try it out in a small town. Um, one to number one on the Apple list. But is the Apple list that important anymore? Is anybody, I know Apple Podcasts, that list still has relevance. But Apple Music, I don't think so. I think Spotify is the one that counts. And Billboard certainly is not taking into account the Apple uh, rating or Apple position when they're putting the billboard charts together. But if you've heard Tim Poole's music, I promise you I sing better than him and I write better songs than him. And I'm not saying that as jealousy. I'm just saying, I'm saying pointing that out is that's how sucky he is. <laughs> uh, I think, again, listen, the guy's a multimillionaire. He bought that position that you know, he pays for. I get offers every fucking day from uh, music promoters who want to boost. Ooh, there goes Jordan. You hear Jordan in my voice? Um, who want to boost music for me? Uh, you know, I'll boost you to number one on Apple. Apple. What will what good will that do? Uh, you want me to pay ten thousand dollars to have you? Make my song go up in the ratings. What is, you know, through bots or whatever the mechanisms they use to push it up, fucking with the algorithm. Whatever they do, it's not true success. It's fake success. And I promise you, that's what Tim Pool does. I mean, go away. Stop calling. Don't call me now. Don't call me now. Do not decline, you bastard. I don't know why I'm getting a lot. Every time <laughs> my phone rings over here, my FaceTime pulls up over there. So I guess if I'm hanging up on people and they have FaceTime, they could see that I'm really here and ignoring their calls. One of these days, folks. Uh, the big news I was uh, alluding to, and it's, again, uh, every day is big news and it all means nothing. And it's in the world of politics. I know I've been fucking on the politics and I, I got... I pissed a lot of people off yesterday with my uh, anti-Trump stuff. Well, it's going to get worse, folks. If you're a Trumper, buckle up. <laughs> uh, Rudy Giuliani apparently has flipped. We know Mark Meadows has flipped on Donald Trump and given testimony about and come clean and said, Joe Biden won the election. We knew it all along. We were trying to steal the election. That's what Mark Meadows, Donald Trump's chief of staff, has told Jack Smith. Apparently, Rudy did the same thing in a filing last night, a legal filing, to keep himself out of jail, has flipped on Trump, and has come clean 
and let's let's be clear what what all this means now. You have his two top aides, Trump's two top aides, saying this was a planned attempt to steal the election. We knew all along that Biden had legitimately won. Now, don't you fucking feel stupid? They knew all along that Biden had won. They told you this lie. How many other fucking people every day? Oh, the election was rigged. We didn't get the vote. Sorry, stupid. You were lied to. The people who lied to you are admitting they lied to you. It's time you wake the fuck up and realize you've been conned. It's a three-card Monty game, and you lost. Anyway. (laughs) But let's be clear about what this means. Rudy Giuliani is coming clean about all his uh, trickery and attempts to fuck with the system. And that includes, guess what, folks? It is your favorite two words, three words. Your favorite three words. Hunter Biden's laptop originates with a Rudy Giuliani uh, ruse, if you will. What are you going to do? Trump's going to go down. His two Sammy the Bulls are, are both testifying against him. And they've taken away your favorite pet phrase. Now you're going to have to go back to lock her up. And Hillary Clinton. Hillary's emails. That's what you're going to have to go back to. Uh, I'm sorry to break this to you, but it does bring some joy to me to see Rudy Giuliani um, trying to save his ass. Knowing that, you know, he's already... Uh, Lost his uh, license to practice law. He's already been stiffed heavily by Trump. Fucked in the ass publicly. And now he's flipping. It's it's a joyful day for me. Again, um, I'm not going to be around to see the world uh, as it burns. (laughs) But... Just knowing that some of these people are going to face justice for the fucking bullshit they've put this country through. For themselves, in a selfish way. They're going to face some some amount of accountability. How much? Anybody could say. But listen, even Mark Levin... Who is? Yeah, you know, Mark, Mark Levin. Trump will die in prison. Thank you for saying that. Could you say it again, please? Uh, Mark Levin. Even he is admitting now that with all these charges, there's no way Trump is going to not be found guilty of one of them, and that's all it takes. But the odds are he's going to be found guilty of lots of them. Uh, you know, it's just a, an odd game, though. He's got so many indictments on it. He's going to be found guilty. And you people need to kind of, you cult members who need a daddy, it's time for you to find an- another daddy, another false idol to worship. Listen, I, I don't want to, you know... 
I don't want to beat up too badly on people who were fooled. Again, you know, I come back to the idea that anybody could fall victim to a con. This is true. It doesn't mean you're stupid if you fall victim to a con. But if you stick with it in the face of all evidence that you've been conned, at some point, yeah, you have to learn. Now, if you're not learning today, when Rudy Giuliani is flipping on your, your cult leader, I don't know when you are going to learn the lesson. But, it, you know, some people eventually will get it through their thick heads. You've been had. And hate to say I told you so. No, I love to say I told you so. I told you so on July 15th, 2015, when he first started talking about running for president. Before A week before he did the um, coming down the escalator stunt. I told you that the, this guy would be the death of the Republican Party. The Republican Party has to rebuild from scratch now. I've seen it before. It's not like, uh, you know, I'm any fucking kind of genius or Kreskin or, uh, you know, psychic. I've seen the damage that Richard Nixon did to the Republican Party. And they had, it only took four years for them to rebuild, by the way. It's not, a, it's not like a major... Uh, project, but people have to understand that when shit like this happens, you got to go back to the drawing board. And Trump is far worse than Nixon ever was, and it's really time. Again, for people who think, "Oh, you're just a bleeding hot liberal." No, I'm a straight down the middle of centrist on all these uh, basic issues that we deal with. I'm not a Democrat. I am a person who says, uh, and this is a, I'm a broken record on this. The two-party system is fucked up. But it's better than a one-party system. And it doesn't matter which party, whether that's Democrats or Republicans. If we get stuck with a one-party system, we're more fucked than any two-party system we can have. But we need a legitimate Republican Party. Uh, we don't need uh, the Democrats and this cult, half cult uh, bastardization of a political party. You really need to, you know, go back to the drawing board, kick this fucking guy to jail and out of your party once, once and for all and start fresh. And yesterday, what got me the hate mail yesterday was I was saying this is all, if you don't like Joe Biden, if if you think you know the world is really burning down as you want to portray it, like things have never been worse, really. <laughs> things are pretty good right now. Uh, but if you're one of those people who believe that this is the apocalypse and Joe Biden is bringing hell on planet Earth because everything he does is so terrible, blame yourself. You got us here. Your acceptance of Donald Trump as the party. Listen, anybody, Hillary Clinton was the most unliked person in America. Running Trump, Trump barely beat her. He, she, he lost the popular vote 
to highly unpopular Hillary Clinton. Any other Republican would have fucking won easily, and we'd be in the second term of a Republican presidency right now instead of having Joe Biden. We probably would have had the pandemic managed much better. Uh, lockdowns would have been avoided or at least minimized. All that stuff. So if you're complaining about the the state of America now and Joe Biden and blaming whatever you see wrong with America right now on Joe Biden, blame yourself, man, if you're a Trump supporter. Because you're the reason we have Joe Biden. Joe Biden was just somebody who could beat John, Donald Trump. That's how he won. All those 81 million votes were votes against Donald Trump. And so here you have it, Rudy Giuliani flipping, flipping like a flounder on the beach. And I'm delighted to see it. I will, and I would, now he publicly, he's probably going to say the court filing last night didn't happen. He's going to still gaslight you and want you, he's still going to play the Orwellian game of don't believe your eyes and ears. Don't believe that document you're reading in front of you that has my name on it that I signed. I would never turn on my cult leader. He's going to say that because he lives in fear of whatever Trump has on all of them or the belief that somehow he, Trump has the, the ability to just ruin their lives. But that's it. I seem to have pissed a lot of people off. I see numbers dropping on all all the um, <laughs> all the services here, I, I, get, I know we still have a lot of uh, Trump supporters out there, and I don't know why you bother even listening to me. I really don't. What are you here for? You here for the abuse? Because I got it for you. I will bring it to you. Um. Anyway, I think we can move on from that. But uh, looking through my memories here, as I do every day, I go on Facebook. And look through my memories. Now, they're always interesting to see. <laughs> and especially now, I'm ha I'm seeing who I had on the show last year, who I had on the show two years ago, who I had on the show three years ago. Honestly, most of these people I don't even remember. When we're talking about authors or um, some of the psychics and New Age people, I don't remember them. I see their names. I read their descriptions about what the show is about. It ain't there. It ain't. It's gone from the Swiss cheese memory. Um, one of the ones, uh, David Edward. This is curious. Now, I don't want to uh, get all conspiratorial here, <laughs> uh, and I'm not. But David Edward was the Atlantis guy. Atlantis solved. Uh, and it was a great interview. I enjoyed it uh, immensely. He, you know, we were talking about the myth and the bullshit surrounding Atlantis. Now, a guy, you would think a guy who wrote a book called Atlantis Solved would be on board with all the bullshit and the myth. But no, 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 no. He's on board with my perception of, yeah, advanced societies don't mean they had fucking, you know, George Jetson uh flying cars and whatever that that's not what we mean by advanced societies we mean uh, ancient advanced societies we mean people that figured out a way to get running water 
without pipes and all that stuff, but, you know, systems. They've learned to really use tools. They learned to build pyramids, things like that was pretty advanced, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't space age advanced society. Anyway, he wrote that book. In the interview, he talked a lot about getting death threats and how the people, Atlantis is filled with all sorts of culties of all kinds of cults, not just, you know, the alien people and the, you know, ancient aliens and uh, but the new age culties that, you know, healing cults and energy healers and psychics and uh, Nexium, uh, you know, the, the sex cults, all those people, Atlantis is, if not central, certainly part of their belief systems. And he was getting a lot of death threats. Two days, and now, uh, two weeks ago, Somebody uh, left a comment on that um, episode saying, whatever happened to David Edward? I'm like, What do you mean, whatever happened to him? I don't know. He's probably still around somewhere. And then somebody, yes, uh, two days ago, went on there and said, um, what happened to his website? And where is this guy's web pre presence? It's, he's totally disappeared. That's kind of kooky. This guy was not a fly-by-night. Uh, podcast guest. He wasn't a guy who just wrote a book and you would it would just disappear. He was a lifelong um, engineer, a student. You know, he had a long resume, a long respectable resume. A military uh, guy, I think the Army Army Corps of Engineers was, was in his background, but not a flake, not the kind of guy you would just expect to disappear. But now. He seems to have dropped off the radar. And that's suspicious to me only because he was talking so much about all the death threats he gets. Now, obviously, if you get killed, you don't have time. You're not going to go back and <laughs> delete your accounts unless your family has your, your stuff. And But to be totally off the web, I, you know what? I'm going to look. Well, I got nothing better to do here today with no guests. Uh, after. David, I'm very slow at typing, by the way. If you don't know this already about me, you haven't been paying attention. Uh, well, well but, 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 yeah, it looks like there's a Wikipedia page about him. Now, where is he? Nope. I don't know. I'm I'm sorry for this silence here. I'm just trying to see. Um, he does. There's a Dr. David. Uh, you know what? This is weird. He's gone. Um, there's a doctor, but a medical doctor. That ain't him. Atlantis, the search for definitive proof. Uh, YouTube. So his YouTube channel is there. They said his YouTube channel was gone. Somebody told me his YouTube channel was gone. Uh... Oh, no, this is my YouTube channel. <laughs> That's weird. Uh, you know, so, yeah. That's what my channel comes up first, Dr. David Edwards and Lannis Solved. Uh, Lannis Solved. You know, all these things are me. Atlantopedia, Dr. Edward David. 
That's weird. It's backwards. Atlantapedia. I'm just curious. I mean, it would really be uh, fucked up if, if something happened to this guy. Yeah, he was derivative, but no, he doesn't seem to have any presence on online anymore. This is definitely disturbing to me. It would be as if one of my friends just disappeared, and with that, and I'm just finding out about it. No, he looks. Wow, he looks to be on all. He's got a LinkedIn page, right? No, nope, his LinkedIn page. No, that's not him either. That's a different David Edwards. Very curious. Love to know your thoughts about that. Anyway, um, yeah, so not much of a show today. I apologize for that. I, you know, I started off giggly and stuff, but I uh, am happy to see the Rudy Giuliani stuff going down. Now, elsewhere in the news, Florida, the waters of Florida are like a hot tub. Like a hot tub. Uh, water, Florida water temperatures uh, top 105 degrees. The water temperature, 105 degrees. That is like a hot tub. I'm talking about the Atlantic Ocean now. It's like getting into a hot tub. If you don't believe that is evidence of uh, climate change. Now, I've been, I've swam in Miami in the summertime. And the water gets warm. It definitely has been over 90 degrees for just about every summer that I went there. But when you top 100 degrees and like 105 degrees uh, in the Atlantic Ocean, in the Northern Hemisphere, even in Florida, even in Miami in the summertime, you're talking serious a shift in temperature of the water. If you don't think that that is some kind of proof that the climate is changing. See, the, the climate change deniers, why Why do they want to, it's out of fear that, or just pure denial? They don't want laws. They don't want, uh, they don't want us fucking with uh, or attempting to deal with any of these things. But the fact that, you know, or maybe they truly don't believe that it could lead to a catastrophic uh, consequences or probably will lead to catastrophic consequences. All that aside, you can't deny that it happens. Even if, you know, because you get two sides of the argument. They'll say, well, it's cyclical. We've had warming and cooling periods during the time. Okay, if that's what you want, you want to you want to argue that mankind has nothing to do with it. Okay, let's let's have that discussion. At least you're then admitting that the climate is changing. But just to not admit that there's shit going on, that things are changing, is like stick your head in the sand blind. Now, I happen to, I think it's pretty obvious that mankind is behind this. How many forests do we chop down a day? We are trying to sustain a planet for 8 billion people that wasn't built built, I say, like the planet was built, wasn't built to sustain 8 billion people. Now, I've had guests on the evening program of sustainability guests who say, yeah, we could make it work for 15 billion people. That's insane. And there are people who actually will argue that the world is not overpopulated. 8 billion people 
we have to feed them all every day. Most of them are eating animals, animal food sources, along with vegetable food sources. Most of them are relying on uh, nature for uh, shelter and clothing and things. And then the industrial world is mining the fuck out of every resource that we can. You know, fossil fuels and all that kind of stuff. Mining the hell out of the planet daily to f- take care of 8 billion people. How long do you think you can sustain that? You think about it. I mean, if you're a climate change denier, look at the rate. Somebody said we were killing, and I don't I don't know this is a true fact. Somebody, the guy who calls himself fact or who, group who call themselves fact on social media accounts said that human beings kill uh, almost 2,000 animals per minute on on the planet. I find that a little hard to believe. That's a lot. I mean, if you, per minute. How many minutes? The 60 minutes in an hour and, and 24 hours in a day? Do the math. And that's a, killing a lot of animals. Now you can, I don't know, break that down to what size animals and all that kind of stuff. Still a lot, but that's what it takes to feed 8 billion people. Now, I don't know. The the number is is suspect. This is a lot. But think about it. To feed 8 billion people every day, how much do you eat every day? And times that times 8 billion people. Now, you might be a fat fuck. And you might overeat. If you're an American, you probably do eat more. <laughs> than some guy in the Congo who's uh, doing slave labor, um, you know, picking out whatever resources that we need for lithium batteries or all those kind of stuff that powers our phones and all that kind of stuff. But the point is, we eat a lot every single day. And in order to sustain that for 8 billion people, you got to rape the planet. And, you know... All the raw materials. How much shit do you buy every day? Shit. How much stuff that's made out of stuff from the planet that we have to rape the planet for? So to deny that, you know, man, mankind has any uh, part in what's going on with the environment and the planet, uh, I think you brainwashed. And who are you brainwashed for? Not yourselves, but for the capitalists who want to maintain an abundantly greedy life. That's all it comes down to is these these one percenters, and I'm not sure it's really one percent. Are you sure it's one percent? The billionaires and and multi multi millionaires who have more than they will ever need, just wanting more, wanting more, and so often the people who are fighting the cause and making the arguments for the richest people on the planet to maintain their greedy lifestyle are people living in trailer parks whose life has never improved in years and years and years. Or people living in modern, what used to be middle-class homes, who now lower middle-class homes, and the the divide keeps getting worse and worse between the ultra-rich, the uber-rich, and the middle class. The middle class is disappearing. And the people who fight most for the billionaires are the people on the bottom. People on the bottom. The 
you know, those people out there fighting for um, corporations and tax cuts for the rich, <laughs> people will never be rich, who've never seen any money in their life. It's, that's what that brand of media has brainwashed people into thinking, you know, again, I come back to, I lately I've been on this trickle down, um, beating up on trickle down ep- economics, but seriously, when is trickle down ever really trickled down to you? You're not, and the big thing was in 2016 with the Ryan, Paul Ryan tax cuts for the rich, the rich got, Mega tax cuts. I mean, we're talking millions and billions of dollars. Grandfathered in for every year to come in perpetuity. The poor people got $1,000 less in income tax you're going to pay for one year. And then the taxes went right back to normal. And then those were the people celebrating it the most. The people who got $1,000 like that, it didn't change their lives. It didn't improve their lives one bit. The billionaires were fucking still soaking it in, digging at. All the while, uh, the people fighting for it are the poorest people who are getting pennies and acting like their life has changed. I, I you can go through my Facebook feed because that's where I was uh, generally a lot of times uh, when this was going down, when the Ryan tax cuts were passed. And the amount of Middle-class to lower-middle-class people celebrating, dancing in the streets over the tax breaks they got. Some of them ended up paying $100, $200 less than they did the year before for one year. Meanwhile, and I'm not going to name the names because it goes down too far a list, there were billionaires getting a $1 billion cut every year for perpetuity, forever. Wait a minute. You think this is fair? You're fighting for... <laughs> you see these stupid people. They are fighting for the rich to keep getting richer while they keep getting poorer. And they are fighting for that. They want that because that's how the media that they listen to has got them so confused thinking that's a good thing for them. Eventually, it's going to trickle down to you and you're going to feel some of that. It never happens, but they they never learn. They never say, you know what, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired of being told that this is going to trickle down to me. After 50 years and haven't seen a trickle, maybe you're lying to me. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I don't know. Climate change ain't real, man. It's happened over and over again. Well, that, if it's happened over and over again, you're admitting that it's real. All this fucking stuff. So, nothing ever changes. But... 100-degree waters in Florida, I think. Uh, I, I think that's pretty indi- indicative, indicative that we're seeing some major shifts in climate. Uh, I'm going to go out, if I'm still alive, if I'm still alive this winter, I'm going to go out and get some footage of the Great South Bay uh, off of Long Island, New York. You know, the bay that separates us over here from the dumping ground of Rex Hewerman over there. (laughs) Which will forever be known. The beaches used to be just 
you know, a great place to be. Now they're they're always going to be oh that strip of land where where the serial killer uh, dumps bodies. All right. Um. So that water, when I was a kid, used to freeze up, and not just when I was a kid, till I was a young man. It used to freeze up every year, solid, solid like four feet thick of ice in the winter. So you could drive your car, you could drive a truck, you could drive across the bay. Now it doesn't freeze up at all. If it does, you get a shimmer of ice. I'm talking not even a quarter of an inch thick for one day, and then it's gone. That's the most we'll ever see in freezing on the bay. So I'm going to get some some footage of that because I know there is footage of us driving across the bay, and I can compare it to it. But I still have people... I have a guy, a friend of mine who drove on the ice with me. He was driving, driving his car, who denies that this change has happened. He remembers that every winter, it, you know, hockey rinks, you name it, ice skating across the bay, of course. But people would drive cars. People would drive a semi-truck on the ice and take a shortcut across the bay. That's how thick it was. Now it doesn't freeze up anymore. But uh, no, climate change isn't happening. I'll just deny that. Anyway, I mentioned Rex Human. Our Long Island has had it's more than its share of serial killers. Netflix should have moved its studio here. It would be easy for them to keep doing these documentaries because there, there's so much of it here. But I had a misreme- uh, misremembering Katie Beers. Remember Katie Beers? Do you know about the Katie Beers case? I thought it was she was held, held kidnapped. What what reminded me of it was uh, Rex Human has this dungeon, this sci, you know soundproof dungeon that he had built, uh, I guess, to kill his victims in, right? So that the neighbors wouldn't hear their horrible screams. Oh my God! I I, I, I I'm sorry. I'm sorry you heard a little bit of. Uh, laughter in that idea that just came from the darkest pit of my soul um but he had this you know soundproof room that he had constructed to keep the neighbors from hearing his screams and that reminded me of the katie beers case katie beers was a young girl very young girl who was completely neglected by her parents she lived here on long island and um as a young child people would see her like getting cigarettes for her mother, buying beer for her mother, you know, as a kid. And people sold it to the deli owners, knew her. She was very uh, social and very smart, you know, bright and articulate for a very young girl. I think I should look it up exactly how old she was, but she was not yet a teenager. Um, And then she went missing. Uh, Katie Beers, Beers. I think it was Katie, yeah, Katie Beard. She's now a motivational speaker, by the way. Uh, she went missing, and it was only for 17 days. I, she was nine years old when it happened. Um, and she in 1982, wow, it was a long time ago. Uh, 1982, she went missing for 17 days. Turned out uh, the guy who kidnapped her was a family friend who had built this uh, dungeon in his house, this, this uh, 
uh, a holding cell, a soundproof holding cell in his house. And he, people were over his house and couldn't hear her screaming down in the basement. But she knew the guy. Uh, here it says, about Katie Beers. Let me uh, look this up. Can I read this damn thing? Uh, buried memories. Katie Beers, uh, now a ma uh, married mother of two, works as a motivational speaker. <laughs> Aren't we all? Uh, as well as a family insurance, runs a family run insurance business. As a profoundly neglected and abused child, she was kidnapped and locked in an underground coffin like box for 17 days. Kidnapping of Katie Beers made worldwide headlines in 1992. I, I don't know. I, it, I thought it said 82. It did say 82, but now it's 92. That makes a lot more sense. It feels more like 92. Katie, at the center of the national media storm, uh, dropped out of sight 20 years ago. Katie has a bachelor's degree. Imagine this. She went on to live a sort of normal life after this whole thing. Very good for her. I mean, good for her to be able to recover like that. Um, and so Buried Memories is her book. I should get her on the program. Talk about authors. Holy crap. Um, but yeah, so I mean, the, the uh, soundproof room, hers was like a, a really small room. She was held cat and survived that for 17 days in this uh, dungeon. Girl held for, and then one people saying 16 days. What was it? 16 days or 17 days? Make up your mind. Um, girl held for 16 days. This story. Uh, uh, now looking back as a woman, blah, 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 blah. Uh, so what was it? 16 or, or, or 17? Whatever. Uh, horrific thing. John Esposito was the guy. He was also in construction business, just like uh, Rex Human. Oh, we don't want to profile and say that, <laughs> do we? We don't want to profile and say that this is a vocational hazard of the construction business is being a creeper. We don't want to say that, do we? I don't want to say that. You want to say that? Anyway, tomorrow, Brent Frank will be here, and uh, we'll have a normal show with comedy. He will be here in the second hour, though, because he's one of these guys who likes to sleep a little late. Like, I would like to sleep a little late, which is why I almost called in sick today. I did call in sick, but I didn't believe myself that I was sick, so I made myself come to work from there to here. But it still feels like the boss outed me for not, not being truthful about how sick I was. I'm not sick. I'm just tired. I'm tired and burnt out, and I, without a guess here, it's just me talking. Of Yeah, I yeah, hadn't noticed. And I don't have a whole lot to say other than anti-Trump stuff and political stuff right now. Because that's what's going on in the world. Uh, Trump is reacting. Is he reacting to uh, the Rudy stuff yet? I want to see Trump's tweets today on Rudy. Like, he, uh, he's going to... I hardly knew Rudy. Only for you know, best friends, like, for ever. <laughs> But I, I, how he's going to distance himself from Rudy Giuliani and throw Rudy under the bus now that Rudy has flipped on him. These are going to be I, tweets for the ages, or not tweets, the truths, because they're on his true social. But anything he posts on true social ends up on Twitter anyway, because uh, people 
screen grab it and then post it over there. Um, here's one from Trump now bearing uh, every day. It gets more psychotic. He says, who is worse, Senator John the Stiff Cronin of Texas? Again, somebody who he was a big supporter of until recently. Or Mitt the loser Romney, somebody that Donald Trump gave a million dollars to or so or pledged a million dollars to for his presidential com- campaign. Mitt the loser Romney. Again, just to pointing out that everybody in his circle gets thrown under the bus. Just one people should the people on the bottom, the people who don't know Donald Trump but worship him. If you think he won't throw you under the bus or your anything that you uh, represent, the middle class, the lower middle class, the upper middle class, wherever you represent, if you think he won't throw you collectively or individually under the bus, you're not fucking paying attention. He throws everybody. He'll throw his own son under the bus. He's gonna throw Ivanka under the bus during the trial. I promise you that. That's a promise I'm making to you. But so he says, uh, who's worse, John the Stiff Cronin of Texas, Senator John the Stiff Cronin of Texas, or Mitt the Loser Romney of Massachusetts, uh, Utah? <laughs> That's where Mitt is a senator from uh, Utah. He was never a senator of Massachusetts. He was a governor of Massachusetts. Uh, they are both weak, ineffective, and very bad for the Republican Party and our nation. No. You know who's bad for the Republican Party? Donald Trump and our nation. Um, even with modestly skilled opposition, modestly skilled opposition, they lose their election. They'll lose their next election. Who could ever forget Mitt proud, uh, proudly marching with full mask down a uh, once proud Washington, D.C. street with BLM and rioters? I forgot that. But... Uh, if Donald Trump is, uh, <laughs> you know, putting somebody down for wearing a mask, I'm sure we could find Donald Trump wearing a mask. He actually has. And, you know, that's just silly. That's just silly stuff. Likewise, this quote is always quick to a- surrender to the Dems, giving them anything they want. Now, he did put out <laughs> a desperate plea. Now, this is why, if you're wondering why, uh, Kevin McCarthy, all of a sudden, without any real uh, grounds of, of uh, high crimes and misdemeanors, is talking about a impeachment uh, inquiry into Joe Biden. It's because Donald Trump put out that tweet, please do something. Please help me. Don't make me go to jail. I don't want to go to jail. And now, last night, he put out uh, a begging Congress to do something to uh, stop Jack Smith from indicting him. He actually said, please do something. It's so unfair to me. Well, good luck. Uh, that, I hate to tell you, that, that ship has left the dock. Um, anyway. I'm back on politics again. I know. Everybody fucking hates politics. I hate, to be honest with you, I hate politics too. But it's I don't ignore it, and it's there. And um, it is the news, and it's big news. It's going to affect. I'm not one of these people who thinks we're going to have a traditional civil war, you know, in in terms of neighbor killing neighbor, because the houses, 
you know, it's not like North and South, where the South believes in one thing and the North believes in something else. It's house to house. Really difficult to have a civil war that way. You can't draw encampment lines. You can't draw dividing lines between neighbors and family and stuff like that. I don't think there's going to be a lot of that mass killing going on. There will be some violence, some violent uh, eruptions of sorts, but not like full-blown civil war. That's my prediction. But again, I won't be here to see it. You kids will. Good luck with the world you're inheriting. Blame it all on the fucking Trump supporters, the people who put them in power in the first place. Because without that, we would be in, in very normal times. That's the truth. Can't handle it. I got to drink coffee. I'm going to play a commercial because what the fuck else am I going to do? I'm going to wrap it up soon anyway, but I, you know, if I can make a dollar. <laughs> uh, I'll talk about that in a second. I'm just going to play cold coffee. Get yourself some cold coffee. I'm getting a fresh cup. I'll probably be back and wrap this shit up and go do, you know, I did my obligations today. I showed up for an hour. Get yourself some cold coffee. This episode is brought to you by Koa Coffee. If you are a coffee connoisseur and want to experience the best coffee Hawaii has to offer, no blends, no compromise, try the true taste of aloha. Koa Coffee produces premium Hawaiian coffee, hand-picked, expertly roasted, and delivered from Hawaii to your door with aloha. From award-winning 100% Kona coffee grown on the slopes of the Mauna Loa volcano to the unique mocha beans of Maui, they strive to provide their loyal customers with the best quality and freshness. Fresh. Since 1997, Kona coffee has been known far and wide as a product of utmost quality, and their awards prove it. Koa Coffee is featured in Forbes' Top 10 Coffees of the World. This is the coffee Forbes called the best coffee in America. Find out what it's all about. Go to minddogtv.com slash coffee. Oh, yeah. I got to get more into politics here. So I'll just have a fair warning. Hello. I know you're running away on the beach because you don't want to hear about politics, but this is a good one, I promise you. Um... RFK Jr. Uh, spouting Putin's rhetoric directly, like using the exact same language that Putin is putting out, says uh, that Russia invaded Ukraine to preserve its territorial integrity, which is bullshit. Um, but now Russia was <laughs> accusing the Ukraine of terrorism an attack the other day and like how bizarre is that you invade a country they have the right to do whatever they take any means they need to repel you that's not terrorism if that's terrorism then the united states was founded by terrorists uh when britain came to take the colonies back and we fought in any way we could because they had superior uh, military. Of course they did. They were an empire. So Ukraine is like, the analogy is this. Somebody comes to uh, do a home invasion in your house, and they're robbing you, and you find a kitchen knife, 
and you stab them in the back and they cry, not fair. How dare you use a kitchen knife to stab me? I was, you know, that's not, that's playing dirty. Well, you will break it into my house. Russia invaded Ukraine. Why? Because they want that land and their power. Now, you hear people talking about, well, they didn't want them becoming part of NATO. We would do the same thing. No, we wouldn't. We, we, we tried uh, a coup attempt, tried to sponsor a coup attempt in Cuba when that was going on in this hemisphere. We did not invade Cuba. There was no mass invasion, and Kennedy stopped short of that. If you want to give John Kennedy any credit, it's that he didn't invade Cuba. We didn't invade Nicaragua. We didn't invade uh, all these countries in Colombia, uh, communist country, Venezuela. We didn't do an invasion into those countries. So it has happened here. For all the people who say, well, if that happened here, you know, you can understand Putin's... uh, uh, concern there to have lose Ukraine to NATO. We're not going to aggressively invade Russia ever. We're not going to do that. You know why? Because we have people who learn from history and know that that has been the end point for people for millennia. The one place you don't invade there's two places really we won't invade and that's china and russia we don't do an invasion there we could do an invasion in and we did an invasion in afghanistan it didn't work out for us but kennedy here is saying yeah this is this is really uh amusing to me he says uh russia is not going to lose this war it would be like us losing a war to mexico which could happen they are not going to lose the war. Look at what Russia did in, in Stalingrad uh, to preserve its territorial integrity. No, he's trying to say that invasion, uh, invading Ukraine is uh, in, uh, preserving its in, <laughs> territorial in- integrity. Ukraine was is not part of Russia, was historically not part of Russia. It was its own country forever until the Soviet Union grabbed it. Not part, you know, but to say that we couldn't lose a war to Mexico, we lost a war to Afghanistan. We lost that war. People can say we won. We didn't win anything. We got our ass kicked. We lost. We were there for 20 years and, and left with our tail between our legs. And don't blame Joe Biden for that. It was, a, it was something everybody was calling for for decades. We lost to Vietnam. To think we can't lose to Mexico, you have to be really stupid and not be paying attention. And it's not that we don't have... uh, Oh, yeah. Robert Taylor brings up a good point. We did lose a war to Mexico years ago. and uh, But, again, we don't fight. As as great as we want to talk about military superiority, as great as the industrial military complex is, military industrial complex, however you want to say that both ways work, I guess, industrial, military, military, industrial. As great as those machines are not what modern wars are won by. Listen, we got our ass kicked by four towel heads. Sorry, I'm being a racist now. Four towel heads with box cutter knives, brought us to our knees. Four guys. 
you could say 19 guys. All right, I'll give you 19 guys. But really, it was four pilots with box cutter knives. Brought us to our knees. To say we can't lose to, Me- New, uh, to Mexico, I <laughs> was in New Mexico. Now, that's a war I think we could win. We, <laughs> I'm sorry, I make myself laugh. Um, but we could lose to anyone. We lost to Vietnam, folks. We lost to North Vietnam. Not even all of North Vietnam. We lost to North Vietnam. We lost in Afghanistan. We did lose that war as much as we took territory. And here's the thing. When we come down to depending on machines, wars are not won that way. Wars are won by guerrilla warfare, what we like to call terrorism in a lot of cases. But that's how wars are fought. It's like the British thinking in 1779, 1776 to 1779, thinking that they could just come over here and with their army of marching soldiers who were well-drilled and knew all the uh, mechanisms of soldiering at the time, state-of-the-art soldiering, that they could win a war against guys who fought dirty, Americans who were taught, you know, grew up fighting, fighting natives here and had a whole different style of fighting, dirty fighting. So to think that we, you know, RFK Jr. saying, well, Russia's not going to lose that war. Like, like, that's what happened. I'm going, Russia's not going to lose that war. It would be like us losing to Mexico. Pretty damn good uh, RFK Jr. impression, you know? Do I get any points for that? Come on. Somebody... Somebody out there, give me a, a star, a bravo for that uh, incredible RFK Jr. impersonation. No, but he's deluding himself to say you can't. The bigger we these countries get, the superpowers get, the more they have this air of invincibility because of machines. And forgetting that in the 21st century, and not just in the 21st century, forever. Wars have been fought and won by people, people who are, you always put your money on the people who have the most to lose, people who uh, who just basically, you know, have their entire lives, their livelihood, their way of life to lose, they have the most to lose. They're going to do whatever it takes, whether you want to call it terrorism, you want to call it guerrilla warfare, uh, you want to call it fighting dirty. Those people are going to win. In the end, the people who are just fighting out of greed, and Russia is invading Ukraine out of greed. They want the territory. They want the resources. That's what it's all about. It's not, uh, it's not about keeping them out of NATO. It's about growing power and growing back the old USSR uh, and getting, you know, if Putin's nothing if if not a uh, Soviet loyalist. And that's what it's all about. And you hear all these uh, people on the right now, and RFK Jr. is on the right, parroting Putin's talking points word for word. They're not even bothering to put the language in their own words anymore. They're just taking his talking points and, and spelling them out. Russia did not invade Ukraine to preserve its territorial uh, integrity. That sentence 
that comes directly out of Putin's mouth and from RT television. Uh, and it might as well be a world full of uh, James Inman's. I mean, but RFK Jr.'s polls uh, numbers are going down. And here's the thing, folks. When you see him at like 12% compared to Biden, just consider this. And uh, again, I would love to see an alternative to Joe Biden. I don't want to see another four years of Joe Biden. The, no, and I don't think America is doing that bad under Joe Biden. But I think any moment now, we could he could mistake the television remote for a nuclear hot button. <laughs> he could the the hotline could you know he could pick up the hotline dialing phone sex or whatever. <laughs> I I think he's that that old that he could mistake a television remote for a nuclear warhead launcher, uh, a nuclear missile launcher. Uh, anyway. But I don't think America's doing that bad on her. But I would love to see somebody, somebody other than an uh, 80-year-old who probably shits his pants every day. Uh, but Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is not running against, he's not primarying uh, Joe Biden. Not even close. He's running because here he is on Fox News with Sean Hannity. If you think that's a Democrat, Sean Hannity's agreeing with everything he says. If you think he's running as a Democrat, you're confused. I know he calls himself a Democrat, and he plans on being on the Democratic side of the ticket. His money is all coming from Republican billionaires backing him. Um, and I can't think of the guy's name, Peter... The PayPal guy, uh, Musk's old partner, um, is a lot of the money. But a lot, all of it is rich Republican backers. And when you see those poll numbers coming, those are reflecting of people who are in the Republican Party who would rather vote for somebody other than Trump. So, But they put it as like he's taking numbers away from Biden. No Democrat. I'm not going to say no. Very few Democrats real Democrats, which he still, RFK still thinks he's going to run as a Democrat. None of the Democratic Party is very small percentage, less than 1% of the Democrat, pure Democrat Party, Democratic Party, is in support of RFQ. His support is coming all from the Republican parties or if you want to call them rhinos or the anti-Trump, the never-Trumper Republicans that's where his support comes. Because all of his talking points, all of his policies, not all, a great deal of them, especially when we come to uh, conspiracy theory stuff and uh, the Ukraine stuff, it's all Republican. So when you see the poll saying he's a threat to Joe Biden, no, he's, <laughs> he, he's supposed to be taking votes away from Joe Biden. This is the plan to put him up as like a third ca uh, party candidate to steal votes from the Democratic nominee, whether that's Biden or Marianne Williamson. I, uh, I don't know who else is, who they got over there. Um, but it's supposed to take votes away from him. But in the net effect is it's, gonna, it's taking Trump supporters. It's people who were Trump supporters who are waking up to the fact that Trump will likely be in jail, at least in a holding cell, 
especially if he continues to threaten the prosecutors who are prosecuting him, the uh, when the January 6th indictment come down, I do expect, and that's not going to be a Trump-appointed judge dealing with that. Now, it's not going to be Eileen Cannon, Aileen Cannon, uh, making this decision. But I do expect Jack Smith will say, uh, hold, remand in, in custody until trial because he's being a danger. He's posing a threat and issuing death threats towards the prosecutors. And you can't have that. So the reality is, and especially with the trial coming in May, if that trial date holds, May 24th is when he's going on trial for, set to go on trial for the documents case, the classified documents case, that's one trial. But the other indictment, the other shoe that's going to drop, and there's going to be more than one shoe that drops, the Georgia fake electors stuff, uh, more, lots more indictments. We don't know when those are going to happen, but chances are, uh, especially <laughs> with all his top aides uh, flipping on him, he's going to be held. So he's not going to be a, a viable candidate. And so the Republicans are looking at uh, possibly, yeah, here's our guy. Here's our guy. I'm going to be president. And there is still, listen, if I'm being cruel because this guy has had some really bad trauma happen to make his voice what it is. Uh, let me pol- apologize in advance, but nobody's giving me a fucking straight answer as why this guy sounds like uh, Catherine Hepburn from a, a, on Golden Pond. Why? I mean, a heroin addiction, I get it. He had a heroin addiction. That doesn't do that. I know lots of people who've had a, a her- heroin addictions. I don't, not lots, several, probably 10 or around that number. But none of them end up talking like uh, Catherine Hepburn in her 80s and 90s. He, he, he does. I'm, I don't know why, and nobody wants to say what happened to him. I just want an honest answer, that's all. And I, if I'm ridiculing him unfairly, uh, yeah, that was more like Burgess. I know, I lost it. I, I have to review the tape and, and see if I can get back into that mindset that because it did come out pretty good earlier in the show i did have a decent robert kennedy i don't know if i can reproduce that this is my problem this has been my problem in comedy in general is i i fail to be able to reproduce um the mindset the state of mind that i'm in when i deliver something and it works i mean it's all about state of mind at the end of it your delivery Comic delivery, musical delivery, all this kind of stuff really is very dependent on your state of mind. And you see this with impressionists. Like, uh, it's it's really when you see a master impressionist, how they slip from one personality to another and their physiology changes with it. I think that's all state of mind. Your, your mind, state of mind and your... Um, ability to change your neurology to mask somebody else, the physicality changes, all of that stuff, the facial expressions change, and Dana Carvey is really good at that. Uh, The the Vegas dude, Frank, whatever his name is, I'm so fucking senior moment myself. See, this is why I could never be president. Uh, 
I don't even remember yesterday. Uh, Frank, I'm not even going to look it up. Frank, the master impression is from Vegas. You know who I'm talking about. Anyway, he changes. You can see the physical changes in him. I think comic delivery and, and mus musical delivery has a connection to that. It's not as uh, severe as your complete physiology changing, but in some cases it is. And for me to get back into that place where I did a decent RFK Jr. this morning requires me to, to kind of be able to tap into it. And it's never been my, uh, I remember once doing, as a kid doing Bill Cosby impersonation and I had a room full of people who like oh, give me like a, <laughs> a, a robust round of applause. Like, wow, that was a great Bill Cosby. And then if I tried to do it again, couldn't even get close. And a lot of it is you overthink it. You think, well, I could do that, and it's easy, but it, it, you have to be in a really relaxed and be able to really see them clearly and experience them clearly in your mind. I'm not going to do it again. on. I'm not going to practice it again on air until I get it right. I'll be back tomorrow with a better RFK impersonation. It's like the only impersonation I'm going to do because I think I can do it well. I got, you know what? I'll probably go watch on Golden Pond a little bit. I did want to do a bit, not a bit, a small video on one of the worst movies of all time. You know why? I got a few minutes here. Let me see if I can pull this up. Um, one of the worst movies of all time, and I mentioned this with Jay Moranti. Was it earlier in this week or was it last week? I don't even remember. It was last week. Uh Saturday Night Fever. Oh, my God. People remember this as a classic movie. And it, it, one of the things uh, I want to... Tony Moreno, that was his name. Uh, one of the things I wanted to uh, talk about was this idea that Pulp Fiction was a comeback for John Travolta. As if John Travolta was ever a good actor. He was never a good actor. His best acting role, the best he ever did, and you can argue with me about this, but you'd be wrong, <laughs> was Vinnie Barbarino from Welcome Back, Cotter. I know a million Vin Vinnie Barbarinos, real-life Vinnie Barbarinos. They, my neighborhood is filled with Vinnie Barbarinos, and he nailed that. But I think he, he knows a million of them, too. But let's, let's look at the roles that pre-comeback Travolta. His his biggest roles was Saturday Night Fever, Grease. Grease was just a fifties version of Vinnie Barbarino. Uh, what was what were his other big movies before? And Welcome Back, Cotter, Saturday Night uh, uh, Fever, and uh, Grease. What else was his his big movies? Now the the Who's Talking to the Baby movies. Well, well. Where was the big comeback? I mean, was he ever a great actor? Where was his his high water mark before the supposed comeback in Pulp Fiction? It's Saturday Night Fever, and the dialogue and the acting in Saturday Night Fever is horrendously bad. The music, and this is a, a testament to what music and dancing can do and save a movie. The music. And dancing made us remember the movie. Uh, 
Oh, Urban Cowboy. Yeah. I, was he good in that? I, you know what? I have to be honest. Thank you, Robert. I did not see Urban Cowboy. Now, I'm going to speculate that he was probably pretty decent in that. I'm gonna, and, and uh, oh, yeah, the one that um, Quentin brings up is uh, Blowout or something like that. It, it was like a, uh, yeah, I don't know what, what, what how to uh, characterize it, but it, it was, I think Blowout was the name of it. And that's the one he said, people, that was his best movie, acting-wise. That was pretty stupid. That was a teen, That was a high school kid movie as well. But I wanted to uh, go into how bad the writing was. And uh, Saturday Night Fever dialogue script, I don't know if I got uh, Oh, they got the whole script here. No, I'm not going to go through this. But there's um, a point where Tony is... Um, John Travolta is uh, helping Stephanie move and realizing she's moving in with a sugar daddy. <laughs> and uh, he, asked, he asked Stephanie about who is this man, Stephanie? Do you love him? And she, and she goes into, well, he helps me, man. Okay. He just helps me. Well, what do you mean he helps you? Well, he helps me. I come, I come to work and, uh, and everybody's asking me questions. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And he helps me, man. He helps me. He just helps me, man. Okay. They go, oh, okay. Okay. He helps you. So, so that's good for you. So he helps you. So that's good for you. Masterful dialogue. I don't know. I don't know. I'm like, I don't know, man. He helps me. All right. He just helps me, man. You know all about the bridge, don't you? Uh, the dialogue in this movie is just bizarrely bad. And, uh, you know, I encourage people. I'm going to have to take some clips from it. But I definitely want to do a short video on just how bad this movie is. But yet, the public still remembers it as a classic. We still call it a classic. Because the music was good. And the music was... Let's face it, most of the people <laughs> who who now applaud that music were on the disco. They were burning disco records at, at baseball stadiums and football stadiums and, and holding disco suck signs. And this is where punk rock and um, heavy metal started to make a resurgence during this period where people were just rebelling toward disco. It's all that disco that they were rebelling against is now the reason they think this was a classic movie and the dance scenes while they were well performed well choreographed well performed were not really that prevalent i mean there was some of it of course the movie is known as a dancing movie but i i, I think if you say seven minutes of dancing time in the entire uh, movie would be about it and you know let's face it for a lot of guys women are impressed by that and some men are impressed by it. and uh, I'm impressed by the athleticism and what it takes to be a, a dancer and know that I could never do it but I'm not the kind of and most guys I would say most uh, you know regular guys like me um <laughs> They're not going to go to see a movie for the dancing, for a guy, you know, in tight white pants shaking his butt. 
It's just, you're just not. And I'm, I don't want to make it a, a homophobic type of thing. It's not. It's not that. It's most of us aren't good dancers, and really, um, or some of us who are good. I don't think that we're not good dancers, or not great dancers. Uh, not of that caliber anyway, where you've been choreographed and taken dance lessons and had Danny Terrio uh, kind of just choreograph every single move, every little shake of your butt. This thing is too long. man. And they quadruple spaced this entire script. I'm just scrolling through it. but it, even the premise and plot of the movie, where the guy's hanging on the bridge, uh, talking about committing suicide, and he falls off and all that stuff, it served no purpose to the entire story. And what was, you know, you ask people, what's your big takeaway from the story, the plot of Saturday Night Fever? This classic movie, the thing that everybody keeps talking about is one of one of the best movies of the 70s, of that era. What's the plot? What's your takeaway from it? Wait, what, what, what was the message you got from that? Dancing and music. That was it. Dancing and music. So that was, and I'm going to have to check out Urban Cowboy. Uh, uh, Rob was saying <laughs> Urban Cowboy was another uh, music dancing uh, flick, but to, uh, country music and bull riding, right? That started the whole bull riding uh looking for love in all the wrong places <laughs> type of that era. Um, yeah, but I definitely want to do uh, a piece on this fucking, just because Jay reminded me of it. Because my wife and I had watched Saturday Night uh, Fever about, I want to say, almost 15 years ago now. We watched it, and we were appalled. Like, did people think this was a, how did people think this was a good movie? It's not a good movie. So uh, the point I, I started with is Pulp Fiction was a comeback. A comeback from what? I think Blowout uh, must have been a really impressive movie, at least for Quentin Tarantino. Because <laughs> I can't find anything that would indicate that John Travolta was ever a good actor. Even in Pulp Fiction, I don't think he was doing any any remarkable acting there do you do you think and i'm you know i'm willing to be proven wrong on or even suggested that i'm wrong on that was that a great acting performance and what since i mean he's been in some of the worst movies his gaudy thing is panned as one of the worst movies of all time and one of the worst acting performances of all time i think travolta is highly likable as a guy you know, Vinny Barber, he is Vinny Barbarino on a lot of, he's probably smarter than that. Oh, yeah, what was the uh, uh, Scientology movie, Bat- Battlestar Galactica or something? One of, something like that, uh, where he, he, and that was another one of the really bad, what has he been in good, that was really an impressive acting performance along the lines of De Niro, De Niro Pacino, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis, is he, does he rank with those people at all in any way? And can you name one? Uh, I'm going to get off, but if if you can name a really stellar acting performance, something that is memorable for the acting and not for the public appeal of a movie, 
But for the acting, what that that Travolta was really impressive in. Face off was he impressive in that? I didn't see that. I I admit I didn't see a lot of his work. In post <laughs> post comeback. Come back from what again? What did he fucking come back from? He, he was he was never that good to begin with. It's like a uh, a guy, you know, if you want to take a sporting analogy, a guy who was a 200, uh, 220 hitter making a big comeback, and now he's hitting 225. Wow. Impressive. Anyway, that's my lousy show for today. I called in sick, and I'm still here. Because I'm sick. I'm not physically sick. Don't get me wrong. Allergies are not fun. But I'm mentally sick. I am exhausted. Looking forward to talking to Ben Frank tomorrow. Hopefully we'll have some laughs. But that's an hour, too. So if you're looking for some laughs, maybe I'll work on my RFK. I'll do an entire first hour as RFK Jr. tomorrow. RFQ. Maybe I'll do that. But look forward. I'm sure I'll have some Trump tweets from today about Rudy to read back. Anyway, that's the dopey show for today. If you didn't like it, neither did I. So we're even. Um, I, I didn't really want to be here, uh, but I, I forced myself to because I didn't accept my calling sick. Anyway, uh, just remember to turn on your radio. I'm going to go away. I'm going to do whatever I do. Got some videos to work on. I'm working on a new music uh, piece. I shouldn't put that kind of pressure on myself, but it's almost done. It's almost done. Um, and I can't sing it really right the way I want to sing it, but I'm probably going to do that this morning. I'm probably going to work on getting the RFK Jr. out of my voice and see if I can get Tom Waits in here. Somewhere, somewhere on, do a little Tom Waits on uh, a song that is supposed to be sung prettily. But since I can't do it pretty, I go the other way, intentionally, 180 degrees ugly. I just heard my voice doing that. I need some coffee. <laughs> That's not good for your voice. Lesson to be learned here. If you're planning on singing, don't get stupid and try to do Tom Waits impersonations because you'll hurt your voice, and that's not good. What I just did there was probably damage, more damage than I already had. So <clears throat> so fuck me. I'm an idiot. Just uh, remember to turn on your radio. I'm, I'm splitting. Have a great day. Uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Stay warm. And uh, if you really want to stay warm, go take a bath in the Atlantic Ocean in Florida. All right, bye for now. Fucking button again. See, this is what happened when you call in sick. This.
listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, 